Alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruh wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyiati a'malina man yahdihillahu fala mudilla lahu wa man yudlilhu fala hadiya lahu wa nashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah wahdahu la sharika lahu wa nashhadu anna sayyidana wa sanadana wa habibana wa shafi'ana wa maulana Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن قارون كان من قوم موسى فبغى عليهم وآتيناه من الكنوز ما إن مفاتحه لتنوء بالعصبة للقوة إذ قال له قومه لا تفرح إن الله لا يحب الفرحين وبتغي فيما آتاك الله الدار الآخرة ولا تنس نصيبك من الدنيا وأحسن كما أحسن الله إليك ولا تبغي الفساد في الأرض إن الله لا يحب المفسدين وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من عير أخاه بذنب لم يمت حتى يعمله 
او کما قال علیہ السلات والسلام ریسپیکٹڈ علماء آنرابل حفاظ بلوڈ برادرز اینڈ ایلڈرز ایٹ ایز دا یونینیمس ڈیسیجن آف ایوری مؤمن دیٹ دا کریئیٹر آف دا ہیونز اینڈ دا ارت ایز نن ادر دین اللہ تبارک و تعالی نتھنگ کیم انٹو ایگزسٹنس تھرو کوئنسیڈنس اللہ از دا سول کریئیٹر دا پرووائڈر اینڈ دی نریشر اللہ کریئیٹڈ دا انٹائر ورلڈ ایوری سنگل کریئیشن آل اسپیسیز دیٹ وی سی اندر دا سن اینڈ اللہ تعالی سم ٹائمز ان دا قرآن کریم ہی ٹیلز اس سرٹن اپروچز ہی اڈاپٹڈ وین کریئیٹنگ وٹ ایور وی سی اراؤنڈ اس ان ون ورس آف قرآن اللہ سیز اینڈ سم تھنگ دیٹ اللہ تبارک و تعالی اڈاپٹڈ اینڈ ہی سیز ومن كل شيء خلقنا زوجين everything that we've created in this world we adopted a pattern and what's the pattern we've created everything in pairs mufassirin explain these pairs to mean opposites in other words in this world if allah created day allah created night if allah created something dark allah created something bright If Allah created sweet, Allah created butter. If Allah created male, Allah created female. Everything Allah has created in pairs. And then Allah explains why this approach was adopted. Why this method was adopted? That very same verse, وَمِن كُلِّ شَيْءٍ خَلَقْنَا زَوْجَيْنِ We've created everything in pairs. Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ So that you look at these pairs, You'll ponder over them, you'll reflect, and this will take you closer to Allah by either making shukar or by being patient over whatever has come your way. One of these pairs, one of these pairs are, if Allah created those who are privileged, you'll find those who are underprivileged. If Allah has created those who are blessed and superior to, in, some, in some way, you'll find those who are somewhat inferior as well. So we always, we generally look at those who are inferior. It's easy for everyone to notice, to catch and to see those who are blessed with something more than him. What they say, rather than looking and focusing on what you don't have, focus on what you already have. So that's normal. But today we wish to speak about another aspect and dimension. Those who have been blessed in whatever way, whether it be as far as wealth is concerned, intelligence, acumen, ability, tawfiq, dini ability. Sometimes you'll find Allah has blessed you with something more than others. So Allah Ta'ala teaches us the purpose for this. is not la'allakum tafakharun rather la'allakum tadhakkarun this shouldn't lead you to become in thinking to yourself that I am better than him I've been blessed with so much more it should never create attitude in you rather you should use this as a springboard and a point to think and reflect oh Allah this is only your blessing it's not mine ulama-i kiram explain there is a thing we know as arrogance and there's something known as confidence there's a fine line between these two when a man is arrogant then he's boastful he's happy so to say and his happiness takes him to the point of boasting over whatever he owns whatever he possesses whatever he enjoys and confidence is where the man is also happy both of them are happy Both of them rejoice and celebrate, but there's a fine line difference. When a man is arrogant, 
He takes his bounties and his gifts and whatever Allah has blessed him with to be his own accomplishment. He looks at it as his perfection and his own personal achievement. Whereas when a man is confident, he's also happy. He's celebrating. But he says, oh Allah, it's not me. Oh Allah, it's not mine. Oh Allah, it has come only from you. Even if it's tawfiq, even if it's some extra dini perfection he enjoys, he says, oh Allah, it's not mine. It's only yours. Allah terms this in the Quran Kareem, Qul. When you enjoy something and you attribute it and you're happy, you rejoice, you celebrate. Not because it's yours, it's because, oh Allah, I'm happy over the grace and mercy that you've showered over me. Allah speaks about a man in the past. Allah speaks about this man, we've heard his name time and again, the ayat which were recited in the khutbah. Allah speaks a man by the name of Qarun. This man was blessed in numerous ways. In the words of Quran, Number one, the first blessing he enjoyed, he was a family member of Musa salam, who is amongst the highest ranking Anbiya alayhi salam. He was a family member, he was the cousin of Musa salam. Secondly, Allah blessed him with knowledge. At that time, it was uncommon for someone to memorize the entire holy scripture from cover to cover. He was one of those who were blessed with the ability of memorizing the Torah from beginning to end. And then Allah blessed him with wealth, fame, prominence, influence, affluence. To understand and gauge how much of wealth this man owned, leave the books of history. Look what Allah himself says. We gave him so much of treasure, so much of wealth. Leave the gold and the silver, the wealth and the properties, just the keys to open the safes where Karun's wealth used to be kept. Just to hold the keys to those safes, a large group of strong men were required just to carry the keys. This is the words of Quran. How much of wealth this man must have owned? But at the end, Allah says regarding Karun, فَخَصَفْنَا بِهِ وَبِدَارِهِ الْأَرْضِ we sunk him and whatever he owned into the earth, Mufassirin say, he'll be sinking till the day of Qiyamah. People came up to Qarun. What was his crime? Whilst he was alive, they told him, La tafrah, inna Allah la yuhibbul farihin. Don't celebrate. Don't be boastful and arrogant and think whatever you got is yours. Allah doesn't like people who behave in this manner. Wala tansa nasibaka min dunya Don't forget what you're going to do in this world to prepare for the akhirat. Ahsin kama ahsan Allahu ilayk. Regard this to be Allah's bounty. And just as Allah has blessed you, you use those bounties to bless others. What did Qarun say? This was the point where he fell. Whatever I got, what you speaking about owing Allah and being good to creation, whatever I got is because of my own expertise, my intelligence, my acumen, my hard work and my effort. This is where Qarun fell. He attributed what Allah blessed him with in deen and dunya to be his own perfection. And this is where he fell. This is where he fell and he fell so hard that today no one would even want to name anyone close to him Qarun. Although Qarun's name is sounding, it comes in Quran, but you wouldn't want to name because of the history of Qarun. So this is the point we need to understand Allah blesses different people in different ways. At no point should we take this to be our own perfection. Allah then speaks about Musa alayhi salam. Musa alayhi salam was blessed. Allah appointed him as a Nabi. He asked Allah, wa ta'ala, Oh Allah, you're giving me this great responsibility. 
I need some help and assistance. Please appoint my brother Harun as well. Allah says, both of you are made Anbiya and your mission, go to Fir'aun, who's the Pharaoh and the, the most brutal oppressor that we've probably ever heard of. Go to him, advise him, call him, invite him to deal. But when Allah sends these two most elite and selected of Allah's creation at the time, when you're going to him, then When you need to advise him, you need to talk to him. Then at no point should you feel Fir'aun is a Zalim. Fir'aun is a man on fire. So we need to fight fire with fire. No, when you advise him, when you talk to him, when you invite him, then Speak to him in soft tones. Speak to him gently. Speak to him kindly. Speak to him humbly. Even if you are blessed in deen, at no point are we allowed to look down at anyone. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam issued a warning. One is what warning you and I would give. One is a warning some elderly person in the community would give. One is a warning some pious person would give. What did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam say? He mentioned a hadith, Man bithambil, lam yamut hatta When you disregard someone, you taunt someone, you look down at someone. Why? Not because of some physical ailment, not because of something that he, a challenge he's got to face. When you look down at him for something he's guilty of, what's that? A crime, a sin, a haram act that he committed. That's between him and Allah. It doesn't give you license even for the fraction of a second to look down at anyone for any wrong that he did. What did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam say? Those who are involved in this crime of looking down, mocking, taunting, disdaining others because of a haram they committed? Lam yamut hatta ya'mala. Lam yamut hatta ya'mala. A day will come, you will not leave this world until you get involved in that very same crime. A day will come when the tables will turn. Why? Because you look down at him. Yes, we've got to advise. We've got to teach, we've got to educate, we've got to advise, but we can never despise. We've got to advise people, teach them, bring them out of the wrong, but guard our hearts at the same time. This hadith is teaching us what goes around, comes around. You're going to look down at others for a wrong, you'll fall in that very same wrong. Like evil spreads. When you, when you start off evil, evil spreads. When you do something wrong, wrong effects come to you. The hadith also teaches us, when you do something good, good comes to you. Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam taught us, what a beautiful hadith. Ma akrama shabun shaykhan li ajli sinnihi illa qayyad allahu lahu may yukrimuhu inda sinni. Whenever a youngster, a youngster, he respects an elderly person. Why? Not because of his wealth. Not because of his fame, not because of his knowledge, not because of his learning. He respects him only because this man is elder than me. What does the Biyalaya say? When this youngster becomes old one day, Allah will appoint youngsters to respect him. Why? What you do has an effect. Your action has a reaction. Coming back to the point of when a person runs someone down for some wrong that he committed, a day will come when he'll get involved in that very same wrong. Allah save and protect all of us. Mullah Ali Qadi rahimahullah narrates an incident on the authority of Ibn Khaldiqan rahimahullah. And he says, there was a wealthy man. Allah blessed him with prominence. 
he was influential, he was a man whose business was thriving, he was wealthy, he was famous, he proposed for a girl's hand in marriage and they were married, leading a happy married life. One day the man comes from work, his wife prepares a meal, they're about to sit down to enjoy that meal, mention is made of what was on the menu, there was some type of roasted chicken that they were going to enjoy. As they sat down for the meal, there's a knock on the door. This man has come back from a busy day. He wants to enjoy his meal, but all, all the time, Allah is teaching us, guard your mind, guard your thoughts, guard your heart. Keep it clean. There's a knock on the door. He's irritated, he's annoyed. He leaves the table, leaves the food, goes to the door, and who's outside the door? There's a beggar. This beggar is begging, he wants something, he requires some assistance. This man is frustrated, infuriated, angered. Who are you to disturb me when I'm about to enjoy my meal? I'm about to sit down and enjoy the meal with my wife and you are coming in my way and you are cutting us in between. Get out of here. He chases him. He's rude to him. He looks down at him. He despised that beggar. Allah Ta'ala teaches us in Quran. Allah Ta'ala instructs us in Quran that you got something good to give. Share it with the next person. If you got nothing to give, then what should you do? Even if you got something to give, even if you gave the man something, but you were rude to him, you were, you were vulgar towards him. Allah says, ma'ruf wa min Saying a kind word to a beggar, overlooking him for coming to you at the wrong time is far better than sadaqah you're giving. Loads and loads, whatever amount, thousands of rands, you're giving it to him, but you're giving him a mouthful. You're swearing him, you're being vulgar to him, you're taunting him and you're mocking him. Better than giving sadaqah, which is followed by mockery, is say a good statement and overlook the man for coming to you at the wrong time. This is the instruction of Quran. This wealthy man, he was rude to him, he chased him away. But remember, Allah is in charge. Allah wa ta'ala is watching what goes in our heart, what happens on our hand and what happens in our heart. There must be harmony and conformity. From that day onwards, things began to change. For this wealthy man, the hadith says, He was a wealthy man. This beggar came, he sent him, he chased him away in a despicable manner. And then what happens? It so happened that this man started falling. Whatever he owned began going away from him. Whatever properties he owned, wealth he owned, fame and affluence and influence he had, everything was going to the extent that he even lost his wife. He even lost his wife, his marriage broke. Then the narrator carries on and says, It so happened that his wife needed to remarry. She was innocent. She found another husband. And now she's living happily with this new man. One day again, both of them are seated for a meal. The old wife with the new husband in the new marriage. And now all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. When there's a knock on the door, the husband is about to eat and he tells his wife that seems to be the knock of a beggar. So whatever meal is in front of us, take this meal and give it to that beggar. So she picks up the food and she goes to give it to the beggar, opens the door, gives the meal to him. But the narrator says she looked at him and then she had to take probably a second glance because that face looked familiar. That looked like a familiar face. Then she closed the door and she comes back to her husband and there's tears rolling down her eyes. Why? What has happened? Did that man tell you something? Was he rude to you? No. She says the man 
who's a beggar today, was my wealthy, affluent, influential husband of yesterday. He was who I was married to. But now, look at where he was and where he is. What has happened to him? So the husband, the new husband, he consoles her and he pacifies her and says, you know what, whatever he comforts her. And then he tells her, but remember the story doesn't end there. The story doesn't end there. He was the man who was your husband yesterday. Let me introduce you to who I am. I was the beggar of yesterday. I was the beggar. I was the man on the street. I was the man who wanted that food and I was chased away. Then he says, this, this new husband tells her a very important lesson that we all need to keep in mind. Today, Allah has turned the tables. Allah has put me into his position. Allah gave me his wealth. Allah gave me his prominence, his fame, and his influence. And Allah even gave me his wife in a halal way. Why? Because that man was bloated with his own perfection. He felt whatever he had was his own achievement. He didn't attribute the bounty to Allah and Allah turned the tables. It teaches us this instructive, this incident is so instructive. There's so much of lesson that we need to think to ourselves at no point can we ever run anyone down. For whatever the man owns, for whatever he has, we think to ourselves, oh Allah, whatever I got is yours. At no point can I claim and can I feel that I'm better than anyone in any way. There is a lengthy incident, if time permits, we'll go into it, of a great pious person by the name of Sheikh Abu Abdullah Andalusi, rahimahullah. It was in the second Hijri. It was in the second Hijri, the second, sorry, the second century in the Hijri calendar when Baghdad was one of the most influential cities in Islam. It was the capital and anywhere you looked, there were Masajid, there were Madaris, there were people flourishing to Baghdad, learning benefiting, enjoying in different ways. And it so happened the main man in that town at that time was Shaykh Abu Abdullah Andalusi rahimahullah. When this man, Allah blessed him with students, Allah blessed him with knowledge, and people all looked up to him, he was such a pious personality. His students were the likes of Junaid Baghdadi rahimahullah. His students were the likes of these great pious saintly people. Anyway, he, one day he had to leave on a journey. He left the town, all his people had come up to him and joined him in that, in, that, in that journey. Allah blessed him with so many students, his students numbered 12,000. He knew a hadith by memory, 30,000 ahadiths. Not one, not two, not 10, not 100, 30,000 ahadiths. He knew the Quran Kareem, his hives was not only in one qirat, according to all the seven qirats, by heart. This man was blessed with so much of knowledge. He had to travel, leave for a journey. He came across a town whilst they were on the journey. And this town was a town of Kufar. When they looked around, they saw churches, synagogues, they saw temples, and on one side, they saw someone worshipping the cross, someone else worshipping the fire, someone else worshipping and bowing to the sun. Different people had different gods, and they thought to themselves, what are these people engaged in? When they left the town, it was a time for salah, they needed wuzu, they came to a well, and they noticed some girls, young, beautiful girls around the well. From these girls, one girl's beauty was outstanding. It was different. He asked the people, who are these girls and who's that girl who's looking so beautiful? Her complexion, her, the, the, the clothes she's wearing. So they said, no, she's the daughter of our leader. Why does he make her do this type of menial work? They replied, because he, they want, he wants her to learn how to conduct herself in future and sail through the, the difficulties that may come to her later on. So he says, okay, 
He continued there. Sheikh Shibli rahimahullah, was also one of his students and Sheikh Shibli says, for the next three days, something very unique took place that the Sheikh Abu Abdullah Andalusi, he never uttered one word. He never ate anything. He never drank anything. All he did was he made wudu and performed his salah. After three days, we plucked up the courage and we asked him, Sheikh, we need to continue with our journey. So he tells them that all of you, you all can continue with the journey forward or you can go back to Baghdad. I cannot leave this place. What has happened? He says the love of that young girl has entered my heart. I can't leave. Such a great man, such a pious, learned scholar. I can't leave. You all carry on. They beg him, they persist, but he tells them, I'm not in control of myself. You all go back. They come back to Baghdad and they announce to people what has happened. It had such a tremendous, it's had such a, an impact on them that some of them passed out on the spot. After one year, Sheikh Shibli rahimullah says, we went back to Baghdad. The entire year we're making dua, we're crying to Allah. Oh Allah, bring some change, bring this man back to us. After one year, we go back to that very same town and we ask the people that there was a man here who we came with last year. Do you all know where he is? They say, yes. Where is he? He's in the, he's in the jungles, in the forest. He's tending to the animals. What animals is he seeing to? He's seeing to the pigs. They say, we go up. Why is, he, why, is he, why is he engaging this action? Because he proposed for that young girl and the father is Christian. He said, you can't do it until you fulfill certain conditions. The man was ready, he complied. We went up into the jungle. We went up into that forest and we see him, how? He's dressed with Christian garb. He's got the Christian cloak. He's got the Christian belt. He's got the cross of the Christians around his neck. And he's standing, tending to the pigs in the very same posture that he used to stand holding the asa and the stick on the Fridays delivering the khutbah. This added salt to our wounds. They go up to him and they make salam. He replies to the salam, they are crying and he is crying. They ask him, Sheikh, what has happened to you? He says, I can't explain. They ask him, do you have any ayat of Quran that remains in your head? He says, from all the verses, 6,000, over 6,000 verses that I knew with the seven qirat, only two verses now remain in my memory. Number one, وَمَا يُهِنِ اللَّهُ فَمَالَهُ Whoever Allah disgraces, no one can give him honor. The second verse, وَمَا يَتَبَدَّلِ الْكُفْرَ بِالْإِيمَانِ فَقَدْ That person who changes kufr in lieu of iman, he was mu'min but now he becomes kafir. فَقَدْ ضَلَّ He has gone astray, far off the path. Any ahadith you remember from 30,000? He says from 30,000, only one hadith remains in my memory. What? مَنْ بَدَّلَ دِينَهُ فَاخْتُلُوهُ The one who changes his religion, execute him. That's the only hadith I remember. Then they ask him, they beg him. He says, I'm not in control of myself. They make dua, they cry to Allah, and they leave with a heavy heart returning to Baghdad. But miraculously, they come across one stream. And from that stream, before they can cross the stream, the Sheikh Abu Abdullah Andalusi, He's coming out from the stream. They left him where he was and they're on their way to Baghdad. But there's a stream in between. Allah made this buzurg come up from the stream. He has a bath. He asks them for clean clothes. And then he goes, he performs two rakats of salah. He cries to Allah in sajda. And then he comes up. They ask him, Shaykh, what has happened? They say, when you're left, I put my head down in that forest around all those pigs. And I cried in Tawbah to Allah. Oh Allah, I was so close to you. You blessed me with so much of knowledge. Quran, Hadith, so much. But oh Allah, I got pushed so far away. Accept my Tawbah. Ya Allah, I'm crying only to you. Allah accepted my Tawbah. And I asked him to join me up with you all again. Allah joined me with you. And then they asked him, Sheikh. He comes back to Baghdad. And now Allah blessed him. His students were 12,000. 
Now they go up to 40,000. Allah blessed him with all the knowledge of Quran he had and more hadith and even more wisdom. But then the point for all of us to learn, they asked him, Shaykh, what caused you to fall into this trial? What caused you to fall so hard? So he says, remember the time when we walked through the town of the Kuffar? He said, yes. He said, when I looked at all those people worshipping deities besides Allah, I thought to myself, how foolish these people are. They're bowing before the fire. They're bowing before a cross. They're worshipping the sun. They're worshipping gods other than Allah. And I thought to myself, how foolish these people are. At that time, a voice came that you're looking down at these people. You're despising them. But remember the tawfiq of Iman is coming only from us. It's not your perfection. And if we want, we can pull it away. If we, and at that time I felt as though a bird flew out of my heart. That was my Iman. I had no control over the situation. The lesson to learn is never to despise anyone. There was a man who made the statement, Ana min. I am better than him. Who was he? The first person to make it was Shaitan. He made one statement and, and the, the Arabic poet says, he was compelled, he was banished from where? Not from a town or a city or a country or a continent. He was banished from Jannah. So he says, So you be careful of ever looking at yourself to be better than anyone else. Because Allah forbid there shouldn't be a reason and a cause for you to be banished from Jannah. So may Allah give us tawfiq, respect the elders and friends, never to look down at anyone, never to despise. Allah give us clean hearts. We need to correct, teach and educate. We need to thrive as well, but always. It's from you, O oh Allah. It's not from me. It's not my perfection. It's not my achievement. It's what you have blessed me with. May Allah grant us clean hearts and give us a tawfiq to practice on whatever has been mentioned. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillahi wahda, wa salatu wa salamu ala malla nabiyya ba'da, wa nashadu an la ilaha illa allahu wahdahu la sharika lah, wa nashadu anna sayyidana wa nabiyyana wa habibana wa maulana muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. Amma ba'du fayayuhan nas, qala allahu jalla wa ala, inna qaruna kana min qawmi Musa fabagha alayhim, wa ataynahu min al-kunuzi ma inna mafatihahu latanu'u bil-usbati ulil quwa, idh qala lahu qawmuhu la tafrah, inna allaha la yuhibbu al-fari'een. Wa qala rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, man ayyara akhahu bithambin, lam yamut hatta ya'amalah, rahu tamidhi. Wa qala alayhi salatu wa salam, ma akrama shabun, shaykhan li ajli sinnihi, 
ونستعين من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فيا أيها الناس اتقوا الله في السر والعلن وذروا الفواحش ما ظهر منها وما بطن وحافظوا على الجمع والجماعة ووتنوا أنفسكم على السمع والطاعة واعلموا أن الله أمركم بأمر بدأ فيه بنفسه ثم ثنى بملائكة قدسه ثم ثلث بالمؤمنين من برية جنه وإنسه فقال تبجيلا لقدر حبيبه وتعظيما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم فصلي وسلم وبارك على أحب خلقك إليك وأكرمهم لديك سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأتباعه وأزواجه كما تحب وترضى عدد ما تحب وترضى ورد اللهم عن أبي بكر صديق نبيك من قال في حقه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لو كنت متخذا خليلا لاتخذت أبا بكر خليلا ورد اللهم عن الناطق بالصدق والصواب من قال في حقه سيد الجن والبشر لو كان بعدي نبي لكان عمر ورد اللهم عن كامل الحياء والإيمان من قال في حقه سيد ولد عدنان لكل نبي رفيق في الجنة ورفيقي فيها عثمان بن عفان ورد اللهم عن مركز الولاية والقضاء من قال في حقه النبي الأواه من كنت مولاه فعلي مولاه ورد اللهم عن السيدين ريحانتي سيد الكونين من قال في حقهما سيد الكونين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة الحسن والحسين ورد اللهم عن أمهما فاطمة الزهراء من قال في حقها رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سيدة نساء أهل الجنة فاطمة ورد اللهم عن جميع الصحابة خصوصا عن معاوية وعن بنات نبيك زينب ورقية وأم كلثوم وفاطمة وعن أزواجه المطهرات خصوصا عن خديجة وعائشة وحفصة وعن عمي نبيك أبي عمارة الحمزة وبالفضل العباس وعن التابعين وأتباعهم أجمعين إلى يوم الدين ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله تعالى يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله تعالى أعلى وأولى وأعز وأجل وأتم وأهم وأعظم وأكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا Straighten ourselves, ensuring that our heels are on the line and that there are no gaps in between. Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. 
الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين والضحى والليل إذا سجى ما ودعك ربك وما قلا ولا الآخرة خير لك من الأولى ولسوف يعطيك ربك فترضى ألم يجدك يتيما فآوى وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًّا فَهَدَى وَوَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا فَأَغْنَى فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرْ وَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثْ الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين ألم نشرح لك صدرك ووضعنا عنك وزرك الذي أنقض ظهرك ورفعنا لك ذكرك فإن مع العسر يسرا إن مع العسر يسرا فإذا فرغت فانصب وإلى ربك فارغب الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا ومولانا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوف رحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا ومولانا محمد وآله وأصحابه أجمعين برحمتك يا رب